Shadowcast, episode 38, the S&M Horror Magazine Story of the Month for April 2011, Her Indelible Mark, by Jacob Ruby. Jacob Ruby lives in Kansas City with his wife, Virginia Ray, also a writer. He has a degree in painting and works as a 3D illustrator and animator. He worries that he's a figment of someone else's imagination and has not figured out how to solve that yet. Jacob spends much of his creative energies working on sci-fi, fantasy, and horror stories, and has recently started working on his first novel. He appears in an anthology called Rigor Mortis by Absolute Express, and will now appear in a second anthology with Bound by Blood 4 by S&M. You can find out more about him at jacobruby.com. Her Indelible Mark by Jacob Ruby I watched her from a distance, a lot of flesh showing for an early morning, a black miniskirt, a thin white tank top, with a tease of tight midriff to complement her cleavage. I couldn't tear my eyes from her. As she neared, I suddenly knew why. It was Erica. I hadn't seen her in more than two years. At the moment, she looked disheveled, used. Her long dark hair stuck out in places. Eye makeup was blurred and lipstick smudged. I was all too familiar with that look on her, though she wore it well. She had always been slim and firm, athletic, but not overly toned. But she was different now, walking with longer strides, a straight posture and smiling eyes. She beamed with life. My heart quickened and the hair on my arm stood on end. Erica! I yelled out, trying to catch her attention from across the street. She glanced over, caught my eye looked past me, and abruptly turned her head. I got up and jogged her way, calling out to her again. This time she stopped and faced me with a weariness in her eyes. Oh, Dan. Sorry I didn't recognize you. I'm a bit out of it. I had a long night. We hugged. She relaxed first. But I continued to hold her, extending the moment for just a breath longer. I could feel my cheeks reddening, and I swallowed before speaking. You look great, I said, pulling out of the hug, but still holding her arm. How long has it been? She took a half step back, out of my reach, slipping her arm from my hand before dragging her fingers through her hair. It did little to tame the wild look. She wouldn't meet my gaze. I'm really sorry, Dan, but I just don't have the time to play catch-up right now. Rain check, maybe? My approach was all wrong, so I tried a different approach, deepening my voice and standing straighter. Come, have breakfast. Sit for a while. We'll catch up. I'll take good care of you. She looked straight at me and barked a short laugh in my face. It doesn't work like that. I don't follow your orders anymore. Following a short pause, she pulled her phone from a small clutch purse, checked the time. I shoved my hands into my jeans, sighed, and turned away from her. She started to speak. Look, I got to... Erica, please... You can leave whenever you want. Just come sit for a few. You look like you had a crazy night and could use some food. No games, just conversation. Your treat? She asked, a slight smile back in her eyes. I am famished. Just enough time for a bite, but then I really must get going. Great, I said. She stayed just out of arm's reach. I tried to reset by slowing my breathing and was feeling more myself by the time we reached the cafe. The conversation started and stopped in spurts. But after a few bites, she seemed to relax, and I settled back into my chair. We had dated for almost six months. 
but didn't talk about any of those times. The early days were intense and highly sexual. To maintain that excitement, I had pushed our relationship first into heavy role-playing, then found the submissive in her, and the master in me. That eventually became our life 24-7, but I still continued to push, and I missed the point where things broke off. I didn't step over the line, I vaulted it, and she disappeared on me. And now, here we were, together again over eggs, croissants, and coffee, trying to act normal. She was light on details about her past couple of years, only mentioning clubs and some underground scene. She talked about travel, a little back and forth to Innsmouth, Massachusetts mostly. As she talked, she tossed her dark hair with a flick of her head. I caught a glimpse of the mark on the back of her neck, a fresh tattoo, still red, raw, and swollen. What's that? I asked, pointing. What? She replied, turning to look behind her and touching her hair. No, here, on your neck. I stretched across and touched it, a circle of small mounds, a tattoo in braille. It was warm to the touch, and she bent her neck into my hand like a cat. She closed her eyes and her lips parted slightly. After a moment, her face reddened and she looked down at her hands. It's a work in progress. That's where I was heading, to a place in Old Town where they could complete it. She covered it back up, her hair spilling past her shoulders. I should get going. Wait! I'd like to see you again. How about Friday night? You know, it's not like before. We've both changed. This has been nice, but I really need to take care of things, and I don't want to hurt you. She stood, and I rose with her, taking her hand to keep her with me a few more moments. I couldn't pin down what she was thinking, but I knew I needed more. I know things have changed, and it doesn't have to be like it was. I'd be happy with a nice dinner, just talking. I want to see you again. She looked into the distance for a while, but didn't pull away. She finally dropped my hand, took a pen from her purse, and asked for my phone number. I won't promise anything. I'm going through something right now that's... complicated. She wrote my number on the palm of her hand. If I don't call you, it's for your own good, okay? I leaned into her. My intent was to kiss her on the cheek, but at the last moment I aimed for the corner of her mouth. Friendly, but still wanting. I placed my left hand around the back of her neck, felt the tattoo, and brushed her cheek with my thumb. She turned into the kiss, her lips pressed into mine, full of desire. I gave her my best boyish grin, still within a breath of her face, and whispered, Friday? Please? She returned the smile and kissed me again, quick but hot. Someone like you to ask. And to please even? That's twice. Things have changed. You can show me the tattoo when it's finished. I kept my hand on her neck, feeling its warmth, caressing the tattoo. She melted into it, obviously enjoying the touch. Friday. I'll call you. She gave me a last quick peck and then pulled away. Promise. I watched her walk away, quick in her stride as if she really did need to be someplace, or get away from here. I realized I didn't get her number. She had control of the situation, and she was gone. It was such a reversal of roles, and her change, her new confidence, awoke a different kind of passion in me. A small part of me longed to atone for screwing up what we had before, but mostly I was drawn to this new Erica. She carried mysteries beyond two years of absence. She'd undergone a fundamental change, and I wanted to know more.
There have been other women since Erica. Jessie, for example. The bi-curious Tease, who talked big but wouldn't follow through. Tina, who talked much less and kept pace with my sex drive, if not my fetishes. There have been a couple of other short flings. None of them, though, rose to Erica's level. She had left an indelible mark upon my soul. I spent the next few days trying not to think of her, but failing miserably. I did not want to obsess, and not being able to contact her only made it worse. This wasn't my style. But with everything turned upside down between us, perhaps I needed to adapt, to roll with the punches. Finally, early in the evening on Friday, she called. Are we still on for tonight? That devilish smile of hers crept into the tone of her voice. She had intentionally waited until the last moment, enjoying the power she held over me. Why don't I just meet you there? I'm close. A few minutes, okay? Yeah, sure, I said. After hanging up, I went to change into a pair of slacks. As I pulled on a clean shirt, a knock came at the door. Solid and purposeful. Not even two minutes since the quick phone call. I went to open it, still not fully clothed. She stood in the doorway, dressed in a flimsy black dress, low-cut, thin shoulder straps that fell to mid-thigh. She covered this with a thin black cashmere wrap across the shoulders and finished the look with black three-inch heels. Even her hair looked darker than before, hanging loose past her shoulders. Are you going to invite me in? She asked, the faint smile never leaving her lips. As I stepped back, she floated in, brushing her braless breast against my arm on the way past sending waves of goosebumps across my skin. She slipped off her wrap, leaving the dress clinging to her curves. As she turned to lay her top and purse on the chair behind her, I caught a glimpse of the new tattoo. Black lines flowed out from beneath her hair, down her back, and disappeared beneath the dress. From what I could see, it looked like a stylized fire, or tendrils of smoke weaving and intertwining on itself. She started to turn back around, but I grabbed her shoulders in one hand and gathered her hair up in the other bundling it tightly and pulling it up. She moaned slightly. I just stared. It's nice, isn't it? I could see the original mark, a round, raised shape on the back of her neck, slightly to the right. It made me think of a love bite. The various lines flowed out from it, mostly curving down her back, but a few sets of lines curved below her shoulder blades and toward her breast, disappearing below the edge of the dress. The lines were clean, simple, and rather exotic in their symmetry. I had to see more. Reading my mind, she slipped the strap of her dress from her right shoulder and, with a small shrug, the rest of the garment. She wore nothing underneath but the tattoo. I could see the lines wrap themselves around her right ass cheek, disappearing even further below. Seeing it made me think of snakes intertwining. I turned her to face me. In front, the lines curved along her ribcage, around her right breast, down her tight abs, and disappeared into the fold of her labia. All roads lead to heaven. You can still back out, she said, stepping into my arms. Her lips curled with wicked delight, eyes flaring with intensity and hunger. You may regret this tomorrow. I kissed her, firmly and full of need. I grabbed her hair again, pulling her head back and covering her neck with my mouth, my tongue. I dropped her hair, placed my hands below her ass, and lifted her. She wrapped around me like a snare, and I carried her into the bedroom. She took command, pushing me down on my back and straddling me. I pulled my shirt off while she ripped my fly open. Very smoothly, she pulled my pants and boxers down, and I finished the maneuver with my feet. She stayed on top. I entered her. 
her hair enshrouding us as she rode me, maintaining control. My head swam in the thrill of it. My hands explored her body, familiar and yet somehow alien, warm to the touch and beginning to slather with sweat. I could smell her passion enveloping me, reminiscent of an ocean breeze. I pulled her closer and buried my face into her breast as she wrapped herself tightly around me. Her body shifted beneath my hands, grew hotter. I opened my eyes and the lines of her tattoo swam into view, shuddering with each thrust. As I watched, it twisted and curled around her breast, moving across her skin. I stopped, cold. Go with it. She whispered between stuttered breaths, still going strong. It's too late now anyway. I tried to hold her back, but she tightened her grip on me, pulling me further inside her. The intensity of this pleasure sent a shudder throughout my body, and I immediately let go of resistance. My vision narrowed. All I could see was her. All I could think was her. The lines continued to shift, to bulge, as if she had suddenly grown muscles in new places. Slowly the lines began to extend. The shifting tattoo grew, rising up and out, becoming a swarming mass of tentacles. From her back, her sides, everywhere the dark lines had inked into her flesh. They wrapped around my body, latched onto my arms, my legs, held me firmly against her, guiding me as if I were a mere plaything. The appendages were slick, highly flexible, and incredibly strong. One of them filled my mouth to stifle my screams, and another filled me, elsewhere, to increase my driving into her. I was at her mercy, and wanted nothing else. I begged to be taken, to be devoured, to be emptied. She gave it all and more. The darkness swallowed me, enveloping and complete, full of pain and pleasure. Every sense vibrated inside my head, roaring of helplessness, despair, and unimaginable joy. I was being born in reverse. Something was there, among the darkness, or, or perhaps it was the darkness. Whether I was inside my own head or in a world outside of our reality, the only thing I knew was that I was not alone, a being, nameless shapeless, held my life before it, regarding me, judging me. It demanded to be worshipped in such carnal ways, and for me to spread its message, as Erica did now. I could feel my body and Erica on top of it, but it was distant, exhausting, and nothing compared to the weight pressing in on my mind. I stood there for an eternity, naked, stripped bare, wanting only to please this thing, to serve this thing, to do all that it demanded. The need for acceptance was the only thing now in my heart. Its judgment of me held no urgency. It watched and waited until I tried to scream. But here I had no voice, no body. My mind, its plaything, as much as my body's was Erica's. I was at the point of complete collapse and madness when the darkness flared bright. You are worthy, echoed in my mind. I awoke as if from the most psychotic of dreams, startled and confused. One look around me, however, told me it was anything but. I hung off the side of the bed, which was now empty, ransacked and damp. A pungent odor of sex and stagnant water clung to the sheets. Long red marks covered my arms and legs, raised slightly and tender to the touch. Where had I been? The curtains were drawn tightly, although I could tell it was sunny outside. I kept them closed, wanting to camouflage myself in the darkness and drag myself to the bathroom. 
On the mirror, written in crimson lipstick, was a message from Erica. I tried to warn you. You might as well finish it now. You're a natural for this. Beneath the words was a smiley face. Tucked into the mirror's bezel was a business card for a tattoo parlor named Disciples of Madness. And below that, their tagline, Spread the Disease. It was not the kind of association most shops would want to make. But after the past week, I knew this place was unlike any other. I looked like hell, my face gaunt and my hair matted. My body felt like it had been run over. But still, I felt good. No, I felt ecstatic. And a crazy laughter bubbled up. I suppressed it. I rinsed my hair in the sink, swept it back, still wet, and felt it. The mark, there on the back of my neck. Contorting in the mirror, I could see the edge of it, but not the whole thing. I felt it, though, raised ridges, like a bite mark, or a sucker from a tentacle. As my finger brushed over it, my skin tingled with excitement, and my erection stiffened. Erica had marked me. No. She had shared her mark with me. Instinctively, I knew the ritual needed completion to fully take hold, for me to answer and to become a disciple myself. In turn, I could bring others into the fold. Merely pondering the reach of that path unleashed a tickle of endorphins, numbing my mind to anything but sex. Still, I had a choice. The other path did not reveal itself to me. It was as black and empty as the depths of space or the deepest sea. Perhaps I would forever be haunted by the thing whatever it was, that dwelled in the darkest recesses, my mind slowly dribbled down into madness. Maybe all of this would just become a distant memory. I had no way of telling. I did not miss Erica. We were done in that capacity. With her change now complete, she had left me to my own devices. We had our own bearing to follow. I had helped her come full circle, and now I had my decision to attend. Instead, I thought of other possible conquests, new people to recruit, and it stirred my lust again. Not my conquests, but its. The one I would serve. I briefly wondered if I could even do that to another, and recognize Erica's initial hesitations. She had tried to avoid me, and once again, I had pushed her, bringing this affliction onto myself. I did not regret it one bit. My mind wandered to Jesse and Tina, those at the top of my list. Perhaps I could arrange a two-for-one deal, get Jessie to finally make good on her tease. But first, the tattoo. The tool of my new trade. I wondered how the tentacles would augment my own tool. I intended to take pride in my work. I dressed quickly and headed into the depths of Old Town. Somehow I don't think when Nietzsche said, when you look into the abyss, the abyss also looks back into you. Did he ever imagine tentacles probing into his... Oh, never mind. Anyway, maybe he did. If you like today's story, share it. This last month has seen us grow tremendously. More people than ever are enjoying the darkness each month. And the credit goes to each of you for spreading it around. In fact, we had such a good month that we are now a paying market, which means every author will be paid for their work. This is something we've been working towards since the beginning. But until recently, it just hasn't been possible. So thank you for your support, and please continue to spread it around. If, on the other hand, you like the story so much that it makes you want to go and get a tattoo, don't. Send us the money instead, 
and buy an author a ream of paper, some pens, maybe a drink. After all, do you really want that voice telling you that you're not doing it right? You're not worthy. Yeah, I didn't think so. Just a reminder, this episode was produced under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. So share it all you like. Just don't change it or try to sell it. Our intro music was from The Contrarian. Check out more at contrarianmedia.com. As a special treat, I'll leave you with a newly released demo from the band Crooked Fang. This is Night of the Dead. Check them out at crookedfang.com. Thanks for listening. Stay well. <laughs>